there were very troubling times in Hebrew history when the prophet Jeremiah was called to serve the Lord. Jeremiah was in the middle of the times when the fall of Jerusalem was near to come and when the people were taken in exile to Babylon, he agonized with the people. God called Jeremiah when he was very young. And like so many others before him and after him, he tried to dissuade God, tell him he was not the right choice. I am only a boy, he said. But God said, God had holy plans for Jeremiah. God would put the words into his mouth and would guide him as he tore down and demolished so he could start over and build up. And God gave Jeremiah some harsh words to say to the people. And then hurting and scared and confused people of Judah were dragged off to Babylon where they wept for their homes and for their God. Their world was destroyed, and they were in exile in a foreign land. Now in our Gospel reading, we hear about another group, a much smaller group, who were in exile from their community. These were outcasts because they had a disease of leprosy. They were in a kind of quarantine that they could only be freed from when they were certified to be clean by the priests. Like the exiles in Babylon, they longed to return to their families and their old lives. Jesus encounters this group of ten as he continues his approach to Jerusalem. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there, and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. From Luke chapter 17. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. 
and as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. May God bless our understanding of this reading. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, linger here a little longer. Open our eyes and open our ears that we may hear your message through the words that we have read in Scripture. Amen. This past Wednesday, I led a service at the Glastonbury Health Center, and before we got started, as they were bringing some more folks in for the service, one lady asked me, do you believe in both Testaments? And I thought to myself, well, yeah, in a way. Um, and I said to her, Jesus was born a Jew, and he was raised in the Jewish tradition, and he knew the Hebrew scriptures better than anybody. We need to know about the Hebrew scriptures. They inform our understanding of the Christian texts. So today, I, even though the scriptures we read are maybe 500 years apart in timing, I did find in our passage from Jeremiah, something that enlightened my understanding of that passage in Luke. But mostly, my focus has been on this passage from, from the prophet Isaiah. He spoke to a people who had been conquered by Nebuchadnezzar's army and been taken off to Babylon. And in Babylon, they were told to sing their songs of Zion to entertain the residents of Babylon. But they resisted. How could they sing and dance while they were so far from Jerusalem? We can hear the lament in Psalm 137, the pain they suffered. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget, O Jerusalem, let my hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth, if I do not remember you if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. This was a grieving people, a struggling people. 
Now there were other prophets out there, along with Jeremiah, and there were some that were telling these people who were struggling so, not to worry. Within two years, they would return to Jerusalem. And these words were reassuring to the people. Since they were allowed to stay in community and not forced to become integrated with the Babylonians, they could hang in there for two years. Two years isn't that long. I mean, look at the folks who wandered in the desert with Moses. That was more than two years, and they survived, so we can do two years. In response to these false prophecies, these false hopes, God, through Jeremiah, tells the people they better settle in. The Israelites should build houses and live in them plant gardens and harvest the produce, live their lives fully. They were in Babylon for the long haul. They didn't want to hear that. But their sons and their daughters would grow and get married and have sons and daughters before they would return to Jerusalem. Not only that, but they should seek the welfare of the city where God had sent them and to pray for the people of that city. That's harsh to think about, but doesn't that play into our knowledge of loving our enemy? Their welfare was dependent on the welfare of the people of Babylon. The people of Jerusalem, that is the leaders and the craftsmen, had been uprooted, moved to a new place, not of their choosing, and Jeremiah was saying, set down new roots and prepare to be there for some time. Uprooted and getting new roots. Last Tuesday, driving along Hebron Avenue on my way to the church, I came to some vehicles that were moving very slowly. Moving along the edge, you know, in the shoulder, and all the cars in front of me, of course, slowed down so that they could get past those vehicles. And there was a lot of oncoming traffic, so we were kind of squeezing our way through. We passed a van and a truck and a bucket truck. I got past the first two just fine, but I didn't really notice them. You know, I saw them like witnesses. Oh, I saw it but I didn't really see. I think they were black, or, or maybe they were blue, or maybe they were green. But the bucket truck, now I'm not sure that's what it's really called, but it's a tractor with one of those scoops on the front, and so I'm calling it a bucket truck. And in that bucket was a tree, and it was a big tree. They were moving this big tree. And it's huge root ball was wrapped in burlap and set in this, this scoop, this bucket. And it was bouncing along the road and the branches were going up and down. And I swear it looked like it was a weeping tree. I mean, I was driving, so I really couldn't take a good look. But 
it looked like it was a weeping tree. And because my mind was focused on this passage in Jeremiah, I thought, what a wonderful analogy for what happened to the people in Judah that were taken to Babylon. They were weeping. They were uprooted from their land, and they were forcibly being moved to another land. Now clearly, the team of folks in the truck and the van behind it, their purpose was to move this tree into what was probably a prepared spot, and they would place that tree in there and cover the roots so that those roots would begin to go out into this new land and be established and grow and the tree would flourish. It is hard to be uprooted, to be taken from your familiar spot in the world. And sometimes it's your choice, moving to a bigger house or a smaller house, transferring to a new job in another location, or going off to college. Sometimes relocation is due to the acts of others, or sometimes due to life circumstances. Those are harder to adjust to. Though relocating by choice makes it easier, it is still hard to settle into a new place with new people around you, some who might have been there for years and years, and they're established with their friends and their groups and their traditions. It takes time for your roots to work into the new land. As you know, I recently moved to a place, leaving behind the place I lived for nine years. And when I moved there, I had left a place that I'd lived for over 30 years, raised my children in that house. Each time it was my choice, but I know what it is like to wrap my roots up to pack up things that matter to me, that somehow reflect my past, my life, my family, who I am, so that then I could put down new roots. Having faith in a loving God who empowers and strengthens and guides you, and affiliating yourself with a loving, caring community certainly helps. And I thank you all for wearing your name tags. And I thank you all for knowing that you told me your name last week, but you're going to tell me it again <laughs> and again. So one of these days, I'll actually remember. Last night, I was here for the concert, and I was sitting with all the people that were here. And I look at them, and I know who they are, but I can't think of their names. <laughs> and I know them but I don't know their names. Well, by the end of the concert, I remembered most of the names, so we're good. <laughs> I wonder if those 10 lepers in our reading from Luke leaned on their faith while they lived as outcasts and beggars outside the village gate. They did not choose their disease. We never choose our diseases. But they knew the rules, that they had to keep their distance from everyone else, according to the Jewish laws. But interestingly, and I love the stories in the Bible because there's always these little twists. Interestingly, 
One of them was a Samaritan who under ordinary circumstances would have had nothing to do with the nine Jews that were there. And they would have had nothing to do with him. So perhaps it is in their misery and loneliness that such barriers fall away. Together they were living in a kind of exile, forced out of their daily lives into a time of great hardship. Walls can come down when we see we are all in the same situation, when we don't let fear and selfishness or ideologies blind us to our commonalities, but seek the welfare of everyone. We all need a place to live, a place to call home. We all need good food to eat, clean water to drink, and fresh air to breathe. These are not just for a few, but for all of God's people and all of God's creatures. Unfortunately, it seems these days, greed, self-righteousness, apathy, and a lack of empathy can blind us to how others are struggling. The ten lepers called out to Jesus for mercy, and Jesus poured the mercy onto them and told them to show themselves to the priest. And as they went, they discovered they had been made clean. Can you imagine the joy they felt when they looked at their hands and there were no more sores, and looked at their arms and they didn't have any sores on their arms, and they looked at each other's face and they were clean and clear and healthy. Of course they went straight to the priest to get that certification so that they could go home, so that they could go and be with their community. But there was the one, the Samaritan, who was not a Jew, and unencumbered by the requirements of the Jewish law. His eyes were open to the source of his healing. And in that acknowledgement and the subsequent return to Jesus to humbly give thanks, the Samaritan was not only healed as the others were, but was made whole. He received salvation. He recognized Jesus as his savior. When life gets heavy, troublesome, stormy. God is there, right there with us. Sometimes we are caused to make a big life change. Yet in the root ball that we so carefully bring with us is our faith in God, who is steadfast, who is always with us, Emmanuel in our Babylon. We can let go of our expectations and accept the grace to thrive in surprising places. God loves us beyond measure. Just as God gave words and direction to Jeremiah, God is with us to show us the way forward in this life and into the next. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>